0: Welcome to Career Chats
1: with Natalie and Jack.
0: All right, everyone, welcome to episode two, uh, in which we continue our discussion about resumes.
1: So in our last episode, I think we left it off talking about how resumes are often um, glanced over or skimmed by hiring managers and recruiters. And so it's a document that contains a lot of information about you, but oftentimes doesn't get as much time focused on it as you would like. So we find that writing a resume that focuses more on your accomplishments and putting that first in your experience section is really the best approach in making sure that you're catching the attention of the reader of your resume and hopefully allowing them to get a better sense of your accomplishments.
0: So to go a little bit more deeper into that, what we like to say is that a lot of times students talk about their work experience as if they're describing the job in which they say, I did this or I coordinated that, or I managed this. Mm -hmm. And what we like to uh, shift people's thinking about this, to think of it as what is your highlight reel? Mm -hmm. And another way to think about it is, let's say you were to go to someone and say, here's my list of things that I've done. I deserve to be promoted into my next role. If you came to your hiring manager or the person who is hiring for this job, with just a list of what the job description is, they probably will say, no, we're not gonna promote you because you haven't done anything to stand out. So keep in mind that when you're applying to your next position, you're looking to get promoted. And the way we advise students to think about this is to write it in the form of I accomplished X by doing Y. And one way to do that is to to incorporate numbers to quantify the impact. So, Natalie, do you have ideas or talked about students? When we say quantify with numbers, what do we mean by that?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to just take a step back, and you were talking about, you know, writing your resume as a job description, and I've actually seen resumes where students literally copied the job description and put it on their resumes. So that was just something that reminded me of how, you know, resume is not about just copying what is on the job description. It shouldn't read like a job description, but it should read like an accomplishments based document for what you've um, achieved in your job so far. But, but yeah, I just thought that was interesting seeing that people actually literally copied yeah. <laughs> the job descriptions, put it on their resumes, oh, wow. which is a problem in itself because that's plagiarism, but right, that's yeah. for another day. So yeah, I think using numbers is really helpful for also helping the person reading your resume to visualize and understand the scope and the context of the work you were doing. And in business, you know, it's very common that people use numbers to describe things, right? Because it's a universal language. And so, you know, some ways to be thinking about that. Obviously, I think common ones that people think about is in money, like how much money did you save or how much money did you make or how much Yeah, like anything to do with sales, but not everyone necessarily has had a sales role or had a role that directly impacted sales. So thinking about, you know, what are other ways to capture the responsibility that you had um, in a project? So maybe it was lead, how many people did you lead for a team? Or maybe it was, um, you know, how many, for example, if you work in the CPG industry, maybe how many products were you managing how many materials were you working with so even thinking outside of using numbers as a result using numbers as part of that story of what you did
0: yeah so I think that's a good point point. and even to your point of like saying how many people did I lead let's say you didn't get a chance to lead anyone well how many people did you work with maybe mm-hmm. cross-functionally let's say in terms of reports if you're writing reports how many reports did you write Mm -hmm. It's always amazing to me. uh, Oftentimes students will say, I I don't have numbers that I can share. But Mm -hmm. as we dig deeper, just numbers seem to kind of fall out uh, as you think about, like, what are the specific details of a project I've worked on?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think... Helping helping students think about what was just kind of al- almost like having them think back and retell that story and painting a picture of what was the immediate group of people that you were working with what was the impact that you had oftentimes um, a lot of details will come out in um, in reflecting back on your story I'll say that you know writing a resume on your own is really hard because. It's all in your head and like in terms of like what you've done. And so sometimes it helps to talk it through with someone who was not there that can ask these questions and ask for follow up questions on the details of the story to help jog, you know, your memory on what exactly you did in in that project or in, in that role.
0: Right. Now, inevitably, there are going to be instances where it's hard to to find out what the numbers are, especially maybe if you've just started uh, a role and you weren't in a role that long. Mm -hmm. And so students ask, well, what do I do in that case? Well, I got a couple thoughts. One is that going into more specific details of the types of companies or tasks. uh, So let's take an example, for instance. I had one example where a student might have said, conducted auditing for companies, okay? So if I were to take it a step further, it'd be what types of type of company was it, and it would be uh, conducted auditing for real estate companies. And that's not bad, but if you were to take it to another tier, you could say conducted auditing for real estate companies specializing in student housing. That gives a, a much more vivid image of, of the type of companies that you're working with mm-hmm. and, and piques the interviewer's interest.
1: Yeah. And then I'm also thinking back. You know how we talk about in the storytelling format, right? We have the beginning, middle, end. Right. But the important piece of storytelling is also raising the stakes. So including in maybe details that tell the listener or tell the you know viewer or whoever is your audience why this was so important. So you know if I were if I had a student that was that I was working with that had um, this example of conducting auditing for a real estate company specializing in student housing, I may ask like. Were there any challenges that you Hmm. happened to um, run into when you were auditing these, you know, real estate companies? Because maybe there's a story in there. And so while maybe even though it's like a little part of the grand scheme of auditing these companies, if there was a problem that this that you know that you encountered and you were able to solve it I think that is a really good story to tell because that's an accomplishment right that you solved a pro- or you identified a problem solved it and then we're able to um, actually that might actually give you a more concrete result because I think oftentimes students again want to write about their general job responsibility and it becomes too vague right And yeah. when it's something that's like a daily task or a really big part of your job responsibility it's hard to narrow down on something so if you can think about like a specific challenge or a problem you solve within that job responsibility and focusing on that, who's to say that that's not important just because maybe it only took a few days to solve it, it still helped the company solve that problem.
0: Right, I see. So going back to that example, it might be something like you would say completed auditing for real estate companies... uh, in specialized housing and met deadline within three months despite multiple delays in related areas.
1: Or even, yeah, like I, you know, actually had a bullet point that I had worked with a student on and it was around auditing again, and you know we, we see that a lot because we have quite a few students who come from the accounting and IS undergrad, and then maybe they worked in the accounting field for a while, and now they're in these master's programs. So I see a lot of resumes that say similar ones like conducted audits for companies, right? And so I worked with a student who had that on her resume, and what she ha- actually had was audited year-end financial and accounting statements for companies in various industries, And so I dug a little bit deeper with her and said... Tell me about these audits. Did anything unusual happen? You know, was it pretty standard work? And she was like, Well, actually, we I found a lot of audit issues that we had to that we caught and we resolved it. And I go, Well, wonderful. That's a great way. And especially in accounting, you're not increasing sales or <laughs> driving right, sales right. by any means. But what you're doing as an auditor is you are trying to help companies avoid any type of accounting mishaps, right? So after working with her a little bit, we actually rewrote her bullet point to, say, identified and resolved around five audit issues during year-end audits for technology and manufacturing companies with operating incomes up to $5 million, right? So though again, those are numbers that doesn't necessarily... It's not about, like, actually the result, but it's numbers that show the responsibility that she was working with companies that had operating incomes of up to $5 million mm. um, and that she was able to find five audit issues that ultimately probably have um, helped those companies avoid any um, run-ins with, <laughs> with the accounting laws.
0: Okay, yeah, that's a great example. Thanks for sharing that. And then kind of to wrap things up, I did have a couple examples uh, in which we have the before case and then the after following this accomplished X by doing Y. So here's the before for the first example. Planned customer relationship building events to provide better understanding of complicated financial services. Okay, so not bad. But again, it's describing the job of what she had to do. Uh, let's go with the after. Increased customer signups by 35% by planning four events such as product information workshops to provide better understanding of complicated financial services. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like this bullet point better now because it says, what's the accomplishment? It's increasing signups by 35%. How did she do it? Well, she provides that specific information of four events, such as the product info workshop. Mm-hmm. So that was one. Uh, here's another example. Uh, so here's a before for the second one worked cross-functionally with a contractor and internal stakeholders to overhaul companies' PR materials. The after is overhauled companies' PR materials and achieved $13,000 in cost savings through cross-functional efforts with internal stakeholders such as marketing and sales teams. Mm -hmm. Again, so the improvement is you start off with the accomplishment of achieving $13,000 in cost savings. How did you achieve it? by being specific that you worked with the marketing and sales teams. Mm -hmm. So two examples there. Any final thoughts you want to add?
1: Yeah, my final parting advice, I guess, for writing this accomplishments-based resume is if you're having a hard time understanding or identifying what you accomplished, again, don't think of it so specific as I needed to have this Number to show for my results because you're not always going to have a number, but instead, think about if you hadn't, like, by doing what you did, how did you help the organization? Or another way of thinking about it is, why do you think your manager or your supervisor asked you to do this job? What problem were they trying to solve? Right? Because ultimately, hopefully, everything that we're doing in our jobs is to work towards solving some type of problem. And so sometimes that problem or that solution is a little bit longer ways from what you did. So you might not directly see it, but the mm-hmm. work that you're doing, I hope is at least supporting it. And so you can focus on what was that end goal and, you know, start from there and kind of work backwards of, okay, well, how did I support that? And what, Based on what I did, how what was the how did I support that goal? And that might be one way to go about thinking about the accomplishment first and then including in what it is that you did.
0: Yeah, I like that working backwards approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. So I think that's it for this second episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, tune in next time for episode three in which we debate whether or not your resume should be one page or if it could go longer than one page. Talk to you okay. later. See ya. Bye.